You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Welcome back to the SLC Punks Podcast. This is your host, Hanson James. And this is Milo. What's up? And it's a new week. We've got jazz games under our belt. The Jazz are 3-1, and one, Milo. Uh, oh, yeah. An ugly 3-1, but a 3-1 nonetheless. Uh, hey, three a 3-1 is a 3-1 and one in my book. But I wanted, I, I wanted, before we get started, I have a question. Um... It's something that I've been trying to contemplate, trying to understand. People have been talking about this a lot. Some people are wondering if they need to be worried about Mike Conley. And my question is not really about that, but when someone, like, let's say that you just decided, all right, I am now officially worried. <laughs> okay. At that point, so- at, at that point, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means. But say you're worried about someone, like say you're, you know, a coworker, someone you, you know, you do like something weekly um, with someone uh, that you, you know you've been working with, you know, for let's say let's just you know arbitrarily say the last two years on a weekly basis, um, maybe audio wise, um, and you're worried about their performance, um, but you know it's just been happening, you know, every week. So you just think they're going to get better, but they don't, and you just worry about it. And then you have to work with them again, and then you, and then you see them online and all of that. But what I'm trying to say is, you're just you're terrible, James. That's what I'm. <laughs> but that's see, what that's, I'm. That's, that's my, what I'm really getting at. That's my question. Like when you achieve, like people are like, oh, I don't think I'm worried yet. I think I'm getting. I don't close think I'm worried, worried yet about it. I'm not there yet. No, no, he's what actually he's happens when you actually fine. get worried. What does that actually mean? I don't know. I really He's just... absolutely fine. I, I don't know what anybody everyone's <laughs> no, worried I... about with Mike Conley because I, I posted this and um I know you saw it because you liked it. Otherwise you're just liking things to make me feel better. But <laughs> well now I'm gonna think about it. When you look at um so the list of guards who have had a PER of eighteen or better more than like six six times is really small. And Mike Conley is one of them. Strangely enough, he's the only one who has never made an all-star game. Uh, that could change, especially if Steph Curry and uh, the Golden State Warriors keep on sucking the way they are. But um, he, when you look at players like that that have switched teams in their 30s, um, all of them have had a difficult time in their first five to eight games. And you could say the one who did the best was Allen Iverson, 
but he just got to the line a ton and his usage rate was insane and his plus minus was terrible. So mm. it wasn't like he was doing so he a wasn't great actually job. helping his team win. Yeah, he was just full chucker. Um, the, the, the stereotype that Donovan Mitchell had. So, so the idea that um, he that he was going to I, I wrote a piece in in the offseason where I said the last person you really need to be worried about about um, getting into the lineup was Mike Conley in the preseason, and I preface and. and and I preface that because I know a lot of people were like, oh, an easy dunk. But what I meant by that was it meant nothing to have him waste possessions in the preseason and just get get tore up and, and have an injury. Um, especially when teams weren't going at Adams full strength. You don't know what the other team is working at. And as we have seen with the preseason, it doesn't really matter a lot seeing as uh, Utah's offense looked great in the preseason and their defense didn't look great. And now their defense is insanely staggering good um, and their offense is in the pits and part of that is Mike Conley when he is in, in a game time situation he's just going to go to his base setting um, he's going to go to what is muscle memory and all of that muscle memory in the Utah Jazz's offense is absolutely wrong everything that he is instinctively going to do is wrong. The way he goes about his floater, because the way spacing is in the paint is going to be different with Rudy Gobert. The way he goes over the screen, the way he um, is going to uh, manipulate space off the pick and roll, all of that is going to be wrong if he's listening to muscle memory. And that's not going to be fixed in the first five games. That's not maybe not even going to be fixed in the first 10. It's not going to be until we see game 15, game 20, where we're really going to see him instinctively um, working with the basketball um, versus thinking a lot in his head. But we will get to see progress, I'm guessing, probably in the next, I would say by game 8 to 10, we'll see significant progress. I think he'll have good games by then, but I just don't think we're going to see the, oh my gosh, he's absolutely taking over the game type of expectation until he is able to act instinctively in the offense. Do you agree with that, or do you feel like, uh, I'm being too cautious with it. Well, two things. Uh, one, I like even if he doesn't like, and someone achieves the level of worry that they're so afraid of, do they sit in their room and they just wrap their hands around their knees and and shake while looking at a wall? <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> I just don't know what it means to like when you achieve worry. I don't know. But yeah, I, yeah. When I, you're I worried about him, when you're like, it, I mean, it's not like it's Ricky Rubio where where he has like <laughs> when we brought him on and he had like a string of what ten games where you knew for a fact that he was shooting incredibly above his averages. And so when you're saying, "Yeah, I'm worried," what you're saying is. The fall is coming, and I just don't know when it's going to happen. Versus Mike uh, Conley, where it's it, it said if you're worried, what you're saying is I'm worried he's putting. Uh, the only worry I have is if he's having a bad night that Quinn Snyder um, doesn't know when the right time is to maybe pull him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if, I mean, if the win if the win is um, in jeopardy, like last night at the end of the game, uh, he pulled him on the defensive end. He pulled him. Mm-hmm. Well, and he and, put in and, Royce O'Neal, who was absolutely. I mean, we talked a lot about, you know, and rightfully so. Uh, for example, Rudy Gobert had a monster night just in terms of his defense, and Boyan Bogdanovich has been a revelation. 
Uh, but Royce O'Neal, like he subbed in Royce O'Neal to defend, and it was absolutely the right move because he made the winning play. He guarded uh, Devin Booker and stopped him. And by the way, Royce O'Neal is having quietly an incredible season, and I would not be surprised if we see a relatively surprising number for him at some point. But I guess my point is... He's been really great. He's been really great and part of that defense uh, that's just been swarming. But uh, I digress. What you were saying. Oh, I was going to say, well, and he's just filled in that power forward role uh, like awesomely. But uh, the to kind of answer your question, like I think Conley's just honestly kind of figuring it out in this jazz system and also having Mm -hmm. to understand how to fit into kind of a lesser role. I was thinking about this the other day. I think there's times where Conley feels this pressure to put up a lot of points. Uh, He's replacing a guy that everyone really loved and he wants to come in and prove that he was worth it and all these things. And so he comes in and he kind of presses and he doesn't quite understand the system yet. And he's still doing nice things though. Like last night at the end of the game, he made a big time play that was a lob to Rudy. Uh, and he's been playing good defense. Like he gets back. He doesn't, he doesn't like, uh, pout or whine or whatever. He just gets back and plays. You can tell it's frustrating to him that his shot isn't falling. But I think one thing, um, Conley, Conley just needs to be okay. Uh, just being a facilitator and taking the open shot when he has it. He does like, I think he's just used to having to be the guy at all times and he doesn't have to do that. And we've learned that like this team, one of the reasons I think that uh, Boyan is just having a great start to the season is he's like the fourth option. Guys are going and guarding Conley. They're guarding Donovan Mitchell. They're trying to take away the lob from Rudy Gobert. And that's leading like, Royce O'Neal and Boyan Bogdanovich as kind of the guys left with the weakest defender and they're flourishing. And I don't think we're absolutely feasting. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't don't think we're going to see any drop off from Boyan at any point uh, just because everything is just, I mean, it's just easy for him. There's just, he's being guarded by the lesser guys. He's getting those open shots because of the spacing we wanted and it's working out great. So, uh, I I think Conley's fine, and I think Conley, like someone needs to just sit down and say, "Hey, if you do average twelve to fourteen points per game this season, that's great, you know. Because if you're getting like twelve points and six assists, that's really all we need. Because we've got guys like uh, Royce O'Neal who's going to get ten to fifteen points. You've got Donovan Mitchell who's going to score twenty four plus. You've got mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert who's going to get fifteen points, and you've got uh, just all these different." guys that are going to put up points you don't have to be electric every single night so i i agree it's it's i think that's you hit it right on the head why uh boyan's just really flourishing is he's he is the 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 last weapon and it's going to be interesting to see how teams react to this because as time goes on uh especially it might even be the tomorrow night against the clippers they're going to be like okay we need to stop Boyan. Boyan's going to be number two on our worries right now. And what is that going to do? Who is that going to open up? And I, I think you're right where we very well might see a big Royce O'Neal game because at some point they're going to be like, okay, I mean, Royce is going to be open. We're going to leave him open. We're, we're going to try to make Royce um, fill the gap. Or, um, or it could be Mike Conley. 
I, I think we were talking about this at uh, Dunk Night Out when when uh, team uh, when we saw the Lakers just kind of leaving Conley alone, basically deciding we're, we're we'll gladly be the first team that Conley goes off on in the season, but until he does, it's not going to be us. And uh, that that strategy worked. And I think the biggest opponent to Conley and his success right now is himself. I think uh, it's not really what any one team is doing right now. Uh, normally, Mike Conley has uh, has um, reactions and reactions to reactions on what he can do um, when uh, he's being schemed against. We saw that last year when he was literally the, the Grizzlies' only point of attack for much of the uh, season past the All-Star break. So... Going into the next five to ten games, it's really it's really going to be fun because if you pick on one guy, say Donovan Mitchell, and you're like, I'm not going to let Donovan Mitchell beat me tonight. Well, that's going to open uh, and that's going to open up Gobert. So you're going to react to Gobert, and someone is going to be the weak is is going to be left with the weak link, and they're going to be on a really strong player. Mm-hmm. And there's very few teams out there when they are all clicking that, that provide that same level of just uh, fear. Uh, The Clippers are really the only ones once they're at full strength that give me the same trepidation Mm -hmm. Um, at all five where you're just like, I don't know. It's tonight's just going to be a nightmare. Somebody's going to go off and, and uh, we're going to have to pick our poison. Hopefully we, the one that we pick is having an off night. That's literally what's going to come down to, for teams that play the Utah Jazz as well. So that's the exciting thing. And I don't think anybody needs to be worried about, about Mike Conley. I think he's absolutely fine. I think uh, he's going through the normal, n- n- what every player goes through when they come to a new team. It's just he's in a much bigger role with a much bigger spotlight with a uh, much bigger expectation than most guys. So well, and, he's going to be and you've been, absolutely I've seen fine. you've been posting some info or just some tweets about uh, – Mike Conley and just the history of players switching teams. Um, It sounds like this is pretty normal for him or just for players in general. Um, Yeah, it's just, I mean, I think it's all players. Uh, And there's some guys who just can click right away. And usually they're like low usage type of guys. Um, And by all means, Mike Conley is usually a low usage guy, but I, I think his shot's not falling because he's just in his head. That just looks like a – do uh, he he made the the analogy. He said, "I I feel like I'm um I'm in quicksand, and the more I the more I try to get out, the uh, the harder it is to get back in." So I don't think I don't think there's anything uh, to be um, worried about. Uh, one of and we can talk about the past few games because I think um, one of my favorite things um, and the biggest uh, the biggest development is a Utah has the best defense in the league by a wide margin. Um, they have a defensive rating of what ninety one or ninety four point one, excuse me, and they have been winning ugly and last year, if they would have been this close in certain games and I've seen Andy Larson post about it, Tony Jones, and we've, we've written about it profusely as well. These are games. If, if, 
if this was last year, the Jazz would be one and three. Oh, 100%. They would, uh, because you wouldn't have had Boy on there. It would have been just the Donovan Mitchell show. And so when Donovan Mitchell doesn't have it cooking all game because he literally can't, there's not, there are no, uh, even LeBron James at times um, cannot carry an entire team for four quarters. And you need somebody there to to come up big. And and Boyan has been that guy so far this season who has uh, come up when you've needed him because Joe Ingles, uh, for some reason, is not letting it fly. Mike Conley's shot is off. Um, Royce O'Neal is uh, still at this time not a guy who's going to flex up in usage. And I think one of the and I and I tweeted it out last night the the best teams aren't the best teams at the beginning of the season, but the best teams are the ones who win when they aren't the best teams at the beginning of the season. And they're the ones that fight through it, scrape and claw for those wins. And uh, that win, especially the Phoenix Suns win, which um, at some points they had no business winning. Um, They fought and clawed their way back in and they got some, they got some lucky breaks, but they also had some big time plays by Boyan, by Rudy Gobert hitting, free throw after free throw after free throw and just doing whatever it took to get a win out of Phoenix and and just constantly um getting back back up when they're getting knocked back down and that's the difference between a young team like Phoenix right now and now a veteran laden team like the Utah Jazz. Yeah, the Jazz are are winning and really the the main reason they've won too outside of the fact that they do have they just have an overwhelming amount of talent that is just mm-hmm. perfectly complementary to each other now. It's just, it's honestly, For it's real. so nice to see. But I was just curious today because the defense has been so good. And I was just on basketball reference and I just looked at league leaders on defensive win shares. Uh, number one, Rudy Gobert. And this is the league. Number two, Donovan Mitchell. Number three, OG Ananobi. Number four, Joe Ingles. Uh, number five, Kelly Oubre, who maybe might be a, a reason the Suns are better this year. Uh, he's been really good. I was really, really impressed with him the well, other night. The is, he was he was all over on the defensive one thing, end. Phoenix was good. You have to give a little credit to them because they were closing passing lanes and creating turnovers. The Jazz needed to be smarter, but it seems like teams that cl- um, really clog passing lanes are making Utah struggle right now. And so if they can overcome that, that'd be great. But then number six, Royce O'Neal. And then if you go down the list, number 16, Boyan Bogdanovich. So, uh, <laughs> Boyan Bogdanovich, the guy who Everyone, is not good at defense uh, all offseason. This guy, oh, man, we're, we're, we're like it's a huge step down from Derek Favors. And not saying that, that, that they're the same guy because they're still rebounding issues, but the Jazz are a really good defensive team right now. Yeah, and I, I think one of the main things, and the reason he's doing so well is, one, he gets to play with Rudy Gobert. So I think we're kind of seeing the effect of – um, pretty nice to play with that guy behind you and you know not surprising that people who leave the jazz all of a sudden aren't quite the same defender for some reason but i think we know why uh but also just he's a good perimeter defender he's not like great but like he's able like that's the one thing like Derek favors was a good like off center like playing off of Rudy Gobert to block shots and stuff like that. He was great at that. But when it came to like actually right. sitting out on the perimeter and guarding like a a fast four or switching onto a wing or even a guard sometimes, it just didn't always work out very well. Now we have Boyan who can can do that. And it's not surprising that because he can kind of cheat and 
and play up bigger because you want to drive people to Rudy Gobert. He's doing great. It's, I mean, Rudy Gobert is such a luxury. He makes everyone on the floor better, both on offense and defense, because on defense, it's obvious why. And then on offense, he sets the screens that open things up for everyone. And so, right. I don't know. It's not surprising that Rudy Gobert is having another big year. And the Jazz right now defensively are are a buzzsaw. And when the offense catches up, when they start figuring things out, they are going to be so, so good. It's uh, really exciting. It, it's it, What's cool about this is, and you, and you brought up uh, defensive win shares, like uh, total win shares for the league – Utah has uh, two players in the top top twenty, and they're not the uh, the first player, Donovan Mitchell, um, tied for first with Carl Anthony Towns, which is surprising because that was where Rudy Gobert was last year. And then the other one, where, where you're like, okay, well, Rudy Gobert is going to be right next. No, it's Bojan Bogdanovich at number fifteen above Luka Doncic. Oh, did that just update? Um, that was um, I'm on Basketball Reference, so. Um, and then uh, value over replacement player, third is Donovan Mitchell at 0.4. And then you have uh, Boyan Bogdanovich at 16 at 0.2. And Royce O'Neal um, tied with him at 0.2. So um, in the first four games, Utah has been really good defensively. And they're doing what it takes to get those wins. And so far, their their starting lineup uh, is good. Their starting lineup is really good, and that's without Mike Conley playing at his very best. I think <laughs> that's what's crazy. That's what's so exciting. Honestly. That's what's crazy. Is there? Yeah, there. If you look at the top lineups, uh, starting lineups in the in the league as far as um, net rating, uh, Utah's is as of yesterday, it was number one. And which is insane. And that's with Mike Conley not playing well. And then uh, I think w- the worrying signs um, that I have uh, in, the, in the preseason, I thought, wow, Jazz's bench is actually really solid. Got Joe Ingles coming off the bench. You got Jeff Green. Manuel Moutier looked pretty good. Manuel Moutier had one good game to start out this season and all of us were were like oh my goodness wow Dante's never gonna it's see taking. the floor guys <laughs> yeah, yeah i i honestly thought that i thought that. i was like because people i mean somebody had a twitter like if if dante exempl was playing like this we'd be going ham and i was and, and i totally agree i would i i would all of us would be shouting from the rooftops and be like this yep. is this is it this is the season. And then there was, and then the next three games of Emmanuel Moutier is just like every possession. And I know exactly what Knicks fans and Nuggets fans are talking about. It's like every possession, you're like, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. That's, uh, oh, oh God. That, that, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do that again. Let's not do that again. It's just a roller coaster ride from when you're like, ah, ah, ah. it's just, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I, I think Dante Exum doesn't have to worry about <laughs> getting on the floor right now with, um, with Emmanuel Moutier. That doesn't mean Emmanuel Moutier, um, with time 
is not going to take to coaching, is not going to learn with Quinn Snyder because I think back to beginning Joe Ingles when he was with the team and it was literally every game when he checked in, you're like, why are we doing this? Literally, why are we going through this? We do not need to go through this. And he, and then he shut me up. Um, so I'm not saying Emmanuel Moutier can't, but as of this moment, I think Dante Exum has nothing to worry about when it comes to getting minutes when he gets healthy. Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, and that's the thing, it's four games. And so we should probably think in terms of like 10 game spans and what are you doing after 10 games? And, and you know, what are you doing after a quarter of the season and things like that? But I, I, you know what the thing is, is when Dante comes back, it's just another great wing defender. We already have uh, one of the best, if not the best defense in the league right now. And guess what? In a couple of weeks, we probably get to add Dante Axum to it. So that's pretty exciting. I honestly, it's so funny. Like the, the preseason compared to now is like bizarre is bizarro jazz, I guess, because you had this offense that couldn't figure it out. Bo Young couldn't shoot in preseason. Our defense was worse than some NBL teams. Uh, and then it's like the opposite happened this season. Um, it's fantastic. Right. And Donovan Mitchell has looked like an MVP candidate. He's been absolutely electric. And the reason we've been in, I mean, he dang near pulled us a win out in LA with some of the things he was doing. He just couldn't get help from anyone else. And so it's been, honestly, it's been a fun season. And we have this incredible defense that eventually, I mean, it's kind of, we're kind of getting, um, What's the word? Like, we're just getting everything we predicted is looking like it might be coming true here soon because the defense looks incredible. That was the thing I think everyone was most worried about. I mean, coming into this, I was like, oh, we'll have like top five offense easy. And it's just let's hope that the defense can figure it out. Let's hope they can rebound. Let's hope all these things. Man, they it's been the opposite. The the defense has been absolutely ready to go. And (laughs) I don't know when we ha- we're going to have a we're going to have a Conley game here soon and it's going to be euphoric. <laughs> I cannot wait. I <laughs> it's going to be really good. If we want to talk about uh, Boyan, I, I he is a legit six foot. Eight. Oh, he's big. Um, um, there are times when he is going to the paint and he's finishing uh, over people. Just. So easy. It, it, it is um, where I'm, I'm, I'm used to Joe Ingles where uh, like Joe Ingles is finishing, but he's finishing around guys um, versus Boyan where he's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go over. I'm going over you. Now he's not going over to slam it, but he's just like, he'll go over the guy and, and, and finger roll it in. And um, he, he is able to, he works at pick and roll so well. He's uh, everything that I thought he was capable of. Uh, he, he is. And more, uh, there are, there is at least like two to three times a game. I'm like, Oh my goodness. This is, this is our third option. This is <laughs> what? And, and it, it, it blows me away. I, I'm, Honestly, part of the reason why I I think the Jazz's defense is is so good this season is I don't think there's as much pressure 
as uh, for Rudy Gobert on the offensive end as there as there has been. We've talked about um with with Donovan Mitchell, but I feel like uh Rudy Gobert's been able to uh really save um his energy for for rebounding and for the de- defensive end so far this season. Now I hope he gets more involved offensively. He is turning the ball over a lot. Have you noticed that? Yeah, well one thing I'm noticing is like every team that's playing us, it feels like their number one goal is take away Rudy. And yeah, they're really, they're trying, really to trying to eliminate that, that. And it's working to some extent because our offense hasn't quite picked up yet. Uh, and so, I, I don't know. I think the Jazz just, they need to adjust and say, hey, if they're taking away Rudy, then, you know, we've got to make our floaters. Or Donovan has that little mid-range pull-up that's become, it looks like a layup now for him. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, they're, mm-hmm. that feels like, Every team we've played against so far, that's their number one thing is take away Rudy, which is interesting uh, because I thought Rudy Gobert didn't affect other teams on offense, but apparently uh, he does. And it's it's it shows like that was what we kind of expected is that we'd come into the season and Rudy Gobert would be getting lobs like crazy and teams are taking that away. And so the Jazz just got to learn like what's the counter to their, their counter when they're taking away Rudy. Now what? What do we do to to take advantage? You know, and I don't know if they figured that I out. I feel yet. like last. I, I think I, I think they kind of did at the end of the Phoenix game because uh, Rudy went to the line what ten times, eight times, uh, eight times in the fourth against quarter. Phoenix or yeah, he was yeah, by Phoenix. the end of the game. He had twelve free throws. He hit eleven. He won that game. Yeah, he hit eleven out of twelve. And I think what they were doing is, is they said, okay, well, um, if you're going to try to take that away, then we're just going to we're going to draw the foul every single time. If you're going to muck it up, we will we will make sure that Rudy is at the line. And um, I, I thought that was that was smart because um, they were throwing it up where only Rudy could get it. And so it's just like, okay, well, if you're going underneath him. It's it's you know it's it's an easy foul call for the ref. Well, and that was that was and, the that was kind of the the thing that won the game because Aaron Baines got fouled out and he was a big part of their team. And so that that's definitely true. Yeah. And, and I think there was um, teams have been physical with Rudy and, and the jazz in general, I feel uh, Los Angeles, uh, they got punched in the mouth and they were, um, and instead of being physical back, they, they were, they weren't as physical and they were getting called for touch fouls. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I felt like it, Phoenix saw that and was, and said, well, we're going to do the same thing. Like that, that's exactly what we're going to do. And, and I think it worked, the strategy was working for them until I would say midway through the third quarter into the fourth, it just Utah just started being physical back. And they were basically decided, Hey, we're going to get that. Uh, we're going to get that. Uh, that lob, whether whether you want it or not. I think one of the hard things, though, is there's just not the release valve to that play with uh, Conley hitting that floater. Mm-hmm. So I think they feel okay g- giving him the little bit of space because he's not hitting it. I think w- it's going to be interesting what happens when Conley's floater is is falling, when they do have to worry about him above the screen on on on. Uh, on the pick and roll above the three point line when they do have to worry about him, um, you know, getting that floater up, even, not even just, you know, in the, it, 
uh, near the rim, but you know, that far outside when he, when he floats it up a bit further out. So I just don't feel like the release valve on that play really Conley to go is there. And, um, and so it just, that part, I think that might also be why Gobert is not fully, not fully there yet. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I will also say this, uh, credit where credit is due. Rubio did a great job. Rubio was hounding Conley the entire game. Oh, he wanted to win and that Rubio, game so bad. And Rubio knows those plays. Ru- like We didn't talk about this enough. Rubio knows what Utah wants to run. And if they have a simplified offense, Rubio knows it. Mm-hmm. Hands down. He, he knows what they're trying to run. And so I, I, there were times where I was just like, ah, he, he, caught, he knew. He, he figured it out. He figured it out. Um, cause he was, ball, he was watching, he was, and trying to ball hawk all game or barking orders at, at Phoenix the entire game and kudos to him. He, he was, um, he, he was definitely not, not going to let his, his replacement have it. Now, the next time the Utah Jazz play the Phoenix Suns, I don't think it's going to go as swimmingly, um, for, for Rubio in that matchup. But I think in this time, Rubio definitely had the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a great game, and Conley did not. And foul trouble also kept him from getting a rhythm. Uh, the thing that, that he's getting called like a rook—it's so weird. Well, he's just every little thing, and and making dumb fouls. Well, and sometimes, yeah, like sometimes if you're that—I mean, that's just—he's just got to adjust. But like, I—I I don't know. I just feel like sometimes Quinn is so quick to pull, and he has just such such set time rotations sometimes that I'm like, can we just? He can't shoot yet, and can we help him get a rhythm? You know, like can you please just let him play a little bit? I I don't know. It we ended up winning, so I guess what do I know? But the thing that I also think that um that will help Conley out is I just feel like he needs to be okay with a driving kick because I think he's just when I drive to the rim, I've got a score, and he really doesn't have to. Like you, you driving to the rim is what's setting up someone else to score. It's not necessarily you. Dr- like you're not driving to the rim to score all the time. It's really like you've got Mitchell, Bojan, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, Jeff Green, all these guys that can shoot the ball on the perimeter. And really what when you're driving to the rim, the best play is for you to just kick it out to one of those guys and bury it. And I think you'll watch like I've been just kind of watching and I think he really is just forcing it so hard and he wants to score. And the way he knows how to score is get to the rim. And he has been getting to the line. I think that's one thing. It wasn't happening against Phoenix, but he is getting to the line. And so maybe in his head, that's one way he's going to get out of his slump. I don't know. But he'll figure it out. I'm not, I'm honestly, I, you know, whatever it means to be worried, I'm not that. Uh, And uh, he'll be fine. It's going to be really cool when, by the way, how many people were worried about Boyan in preseason? And how many people were doing stats on the jazz defense in preseason? Like this is not one of those things that I would be spending too much time on. It's I would spend more time kind of just gauging. Well, how much is he understanding the offense? Does how much more comfortable is Conley looking because he'll get there. It's just a matter of time. Like I would, I would be more worried about how long will it take together? Not whether he's, you know, lost a step or anything like that because really it's not like he's i don't know i it's he's just a new qb in a new system i before the before the play is even called he has the read that he wants to make Mm -hmm. 
And it, instead of um, being able to go out there and 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 let the defense uh, get, you know, give themselves away. So it's just, it's just familiarity time. And, um, and then just him just calming down Mm -hmm. and, and, and letting the offense come to him. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then, uh, when we come back, we will talk about the jazz's upcoming schedule. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we're back. So, James. Yes. How do you feel about the Jazz's chances? And this will be this podcast will be coming out on Wednesday. So how do you feel about the Jazz's chances against the Clippers tonight? Well, I think uh the Clippers lost to the Suns and we beat the Suns, so in a way we've already won, right? Like we're already better. Okay, so we don't have to play the game. Yeah, we don't have, we don't to, have play to play the game. game. We don't have already... Yeah, yeah, this is how it works. This is how it works. I like this. I like this. Let's roll with this. I will say this. Okay, who 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 else do we win by technicality? Let's. let's we uh, how is this? We flow? lost to the uh, Lakers, so uh, I guess that means we're worse than the Clippers as well. So I guess we do have to play the game. We're yeah, no, it's a tie. It's so, a tie. Yeah, it's a playing game. But I will say this. So, I think. Um, I think the Clippers are – I'm just interested to see how good the Clippers are because they've come out really hot. They're playing really well. They're scary because I thought this was going to be our chance to get one on the Clippers because Paul George isn't back. But apparently that doesn't matter all that much because they've been winning games. Uh, they've just been really good. But they did lose to the Sun. Kawhi is scary. Kawhi is, so Kawhi is scary good. Yeah, surprise, surprise, Kawhi uh, he, he plays – I, I think um, I can't remember who it was. It, it actually might have been Chris Webber, and I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate that I uh, I might be complimenting him, but um, he did he did have a good comment where he said Kawhi never plays fast, he never plays slow, he just plays like himself, mm-hmm. and and that is I think the best players when they are. When when they are at the top of their games and you as a team have to adjust to them, you are having to adjust to their pace. Whether it's frenetic, like an AI, where you're where where you're having to be jittery on the defensive end, or whether it's a LeBron who's just fast and powerful, um, whether it is a, a Joel Embiid who's going to be plotting and and just uses strength, um, or Donovan Mitchell who's going to use his finesse and his athleticism. I think. Um, anytime you have a player who is at the top of their game, they are playing, they usually are playing at their own pace. And that's why I see with Kawhi when he's out there, the game never feels like he, when they were down, um, against Lakers at times, they, they, uh, he just, it, it, it it's just robotic. It was just, we're just going to get two points and then we're going to get another two points and then we're going to get a run, you know, run another two. It just, he, the way he was seeing the floor, the way he was getting to the rim, the way he was 
uh, reading the defense, the way he was pl- just locking it down on the defensive end and just being everywhere. Um, he is scary good, and he feels if, to me, to me, I, I, I he feels like the best player in the NBA right now. Oh, I think that's um, it, all, all, all respect to, to to Giannis, but Kawhi to me scares me more than Giannis. Oh yeah, Kawhi. By a large oh, margin. I think Kawhi is easily the best player. I, I mean, Giannis is probably number two. I mean, the thing that's crazy about Kawhi, and like you said, he just gets his spots. I mean, honestly, so much of playing defense in the NBA is not necessarily like how quick you are or big or strong or how much you can stay in front of your opponent. A lot of times it's like, how good are you at taking a player out of them getting into the spots where they do their most damage? And you know, the best offensive players are players who have multiple uh, shots and multiple ways they can get their score. Kawhi is one of those guys. He's a three level scorer and he can do it from multiple angles. And he's just so physically, he's just so strong that he's able to just power his way to the spots he needs. And then he's got that touch on his jump shot that you know, it, it's funny. His jump shot isn't the most clean looking, but it's really good. And he just knows how to get to his spots where he can score. And that's why players like Don, uh, Royce O'Neal, Royce O'Neal is going to have the hardest job of everyone because he gets to grab, he gets to guard Kawhi. And that means you get to fight this bulldozer every single possession. Uh, and so that's why, that's why Don, Royce O'Neal's value is so high. And that's why, It'll be nice when Dante comes back because you have another wing defender that you can throw against um, Paul George when he gets back. But yeah, I think the big difference, and I think we might f- see the first um, point explosion, uh, will be from Rudy Gobert because Rudy has always played really well against Montrez Harrell, and I don't see Zub and Zubox actually. Rudy obviously is a better player, like by a pretty wide margin than Zubots, but Zubox one of those guys that has a little bit of a post game. And those are the types of guys that seem to be able to score a little bit on Rudy. Uh, and so, but I think Rudy Gobert is the X factor because he's the guy that they don't really have an answer for. Uh, Harold and Zubak are just not on Gobert's level. And so that's, that's the, that's the matchup that the jazz can hang their hat on a little bit. Right. I think, I think uh, in this, in this game tonight, Kawhi's going to get his, you know well, it. Did. Last time he played um, us, he got like a- 40 points, I think, and he killed us. Yeah. He's he's averaging 27 points, 7.5 assists, 6.5 rebounds, two steals, and almost and, and almost two steals a game at 1.8 and 1.3 blocks. Those are Karolinko numbers. Those are uh, – and more so than Karolinko. Like Karolinko on rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks, and then points per game, he's just – it's insane. And then um, right now, um, Harrell is averaging 20 points and seven rebounds. And then you have the, – the guy I'm scared about is Lou. Yeah, Lou. And uh, Lou is averaging 22 points a game right now for the season. Oh, and That right there is where just, Dante's value is, is when he's playing – because he's going to play at the second unit and guarding someone like Lou Williams. That's his value. Mm-hmm. And that'll be when he gets back. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I'm Royce. Um, is it, Royce is going to have yeah. a rough night? Well, Royce is um, not, 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 he, he could have a good night. He could have a good night, but he's 
Thursday morning, he's going to wake up and he's just not going to feel good uh, because um, he's going to have to guard guys like Kawhi. He's going to get thrown on Landry Shamet. He's at some point he's going to get thrown on Lou. And tonight, and 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 tonight, um, Donovan Mitchell is really going to have to flex his his defensive muscles against uh, Lou Williams. Um, all that all that progress that he's made in the off season of being a defensive weapon, that's really going to we're really going to be able to see that when he's guarding Lou Williams, and then switching um, and then switching on guys like uh, Mo Harkless, um, and then Boyan's going to have to, man. I don't know. Uh, what I'm worried about is I could really see the Clippers really throwing um, Kawhi on on Boyan. And this game is really going to have to come down to is Mike Conley going to ball out? And he's going to – if he struggled against Rubio, um, Rubio knew the plays and is larger. Patrick Beverly is just – Pardon my French, but he's just an asshole on the defensive end. Like he's just there. He's just not going to make you have a good game. He's averaging, he's only averaging six points and six rebounds and three assists, but he's averaging 2.3 steals a game. And uh, he's just going to be a nightmare uh, to deal with on that, on that end. There were times um, that I've seen them play um, in their first four games where Patrick Beverly hasn't scored a single point hasn't assisted on anything and all he has is like a few rebounds and he's literally the best guy on the floor because of his defensive play. And so I think, I think that's the hard thing going into this next um, in, into this matchup is I feel like Utah has ways that they can take advantage of them through Donovan Mitchell, through Boyan, through Joe Ingles coming off the bench. But I also think uh, that they have uh, Kawhi and and Bev and um, and and some other guys who can also flex up. So this is if everybody's on, this could be an amazing game. If everybody's not, this could be a really ugly game. Yeah, it's really. Uh, it's really a night that Conley, if Conley, if we have the Conley game, it'll be amazing. And if the Jazz get a win against the Clippers, it's it's going to be exciting. And who knows? Maybe the Jazz will surprise us and just show us another wrinkle to what they can do. Who knows? But it's going to be, and they're going to be playing at home. And they're going to be playing at home. That's going to be the the good thing is they're playing mm-hmm. at home. A big time factor. I honestly, the Jazz home court advantage is a big deal. And with so much talent on their team, it matters a lot. Now, I don't know if we've seen if Boyan's playing yet. Uh, hopefully he is because he did tweak his ankle again. But uh, I think he'll, he'll be okay. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I, I think this just doesn't seem like a game he would want to sit out. And if he is sitting out, it is going to be a rough game. Um uh, it, it, it could get, I, I just don't know who, if Joe Ingles can flex up that much to fill, to fill the, the offense that he's leaving. And if Mike Conley is, is ready for that big game, like that, you know, 25, 30 explosion, um, quite yet. Well, uh, I have so, one thing before we end here, cause I think we're close to being done, but one thing the jazz can do a lot better that they have been doing pretty terrible at is right now. Of the 30 NBA teams, they're 25th in turnovers. And if they could stop turning the ball over as much as they're doing, they're going to be a lot better. And I think a lot of that is them just feeling each other out. Uh, Right now, they're averaging 
just under 20 turnovers a game. And that's not going to win any basketball games. <laughs> like the fact that the Jazz are three and one with that many turnovers is crazy. And so I think uh, once they get that figured out, Mike Conley figures out his his role better and finds more whatever that role is, just getting more comfortable doing it. The Jazz should be fine. I think we can beat the Clippers. Honestly, like it's not like it's going to be that much of a surprise if we beat them if we play well. You know, they're not a team we can. They're not like the yeah, Suns. You can't play I, I, poorly I think, against the Clippers and expect to win. So they've got to play well. Yeah, it's this is going to be a really, 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 really tough matchup. I'm I'm not optimistic, but at the same time, this is if you're wanting to be one of the best teams in the league, um, this is and especially now without Paul George. You, uh, the Jazz really have to take advantage because in the upcoming week they play the Clippers twice, once once at home, once away, and then they play Sacramento away. And so if if Utah and this is starting on Monday, so they beat the the, the Suns. If they can come away by by next Monday, three and one, this is a really really successful oh my gosh. week. If they can if they get a win against the Clippers, that's big time. And, and, you know, I think they can, honestly, I think the jazz are the top, one of the top three teams in the NBA. They are so good. Everything I've seen has made me is just confirmed to me how good I thought they would be. Uh, they haven't reached their, they haven't even come close to really reaching their potential on a consistency. It's just consistency. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. they can be surprisingly good. Um, so I'm excited to watch it. It should be a lot of fun. I agree. This is going to be this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be an exciting game, um, and uh, and yeah, I it's going to be a good one. So, game five, um, guys. Everybody, yeah, game five, game five, and get, like we've already had some. Uh, like the Los Angeles game was fun. Uh, the Thunder game was was intense, and now we're going to have like two in like like uh, temperature games. See where we're at, um, and then it's Seventy Sixers and Bucks. Oh gosh, this is such a nightmare schedule. Seventy Sixers and Bucks at home. We could. Hey, you know what? <laughs> if it meant losing to the the Clippers, but ensured that we would beat the 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 Sixers, I would do that. I hate the Sixers. I have no idea how we're going to match up against them. That's going to be a weird game to watch. Anyway, so uh, follow us on uh, – uh, well, first of all, subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening to this and you're like, this is pretty good, subscribe. Pound that subscribe, whatever you, app you're listening to, whether that's uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, the podcasts are us, whatever. Uh, you can subscribe to it, I assume, if you're listening to us through it. Um, follow us on slcdunk.com. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, you can follow me at my underscore low and James at, at Hanson James on Twitter. And then you can always check out his awesome YouTube channel, Hoops Nerd. And it's also featured here on the SLC Dunk uh, channel. So, James, any words of wisdom uh, before just, we go? If you're worried about something, uh, stop it. <laughs> it's fine. And my word of wisdom is, 
If you want to drink Diet Coke, drink Diet Coke. Ah. Yeah. Talk to you later. Peace out, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>